mindset and life coach for mums and the host of the Not Perfect but Thriving podcast. I believe that life isn't perfect, we're not perfect, but we still can and deserve to be thriving. We cover different motherhood topics related to releasing things that are holding us back and rediscovering ourselves so that we can live life feeling confident, fulfilled and truly alive. Hi and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I am really chilly today. I'm sitting here with my lemon and ginger tea and in a big, big cardigan, which I think I'm just going to be wearing for the rest of the year now. But I wanted to talk today about people pleasing and specifically just my story with it because I think sometimes that can be really powerful to hear other people's experiences and I'm starting to really hone in on that as a topic more just generally because I feel that when I look at all the different mindset challenges I've had and all the different topics and all the different work that I've done, mostly it comes down to this topic. So I was a people pleaser and as far back as my primary school years, maybe even earlier, but that's kind of the earliest I think I can remember situations where I felt really, really torn I remember feeling torn between what I wanted and what I thought was expected of me. I remember feeling torn between wanting to fit in, but also feeling like I would have to abandon my own values and beliefs to do that. I remember feeling torn between wanting to be independent, but also wanting to be accepted. And so I guess what that means in terms of some of the ways that that manifested I noticed that I would show up as vastly different versions of myself with different people, um, which I know that, you know, to some degree that's completely normal um, because different people bring out different things in us, different versions of ourselves. So yes, that's normal. And also I felt that it was to the point where it felt confusing and it felt uncomfortable to me. So for example, I remember in school maybe getting carried away with gossip or other actions that I didn't really want to be participating in and that both during and afterwards didn't really feel good to me. They weren't, you know, it wasn't really in line with how I wanted to be and what I believed, but it was almost like I couldn't help myself joining in. And it also started to show up, and this is kind of a tricky one to talk about because, well, it started to show up as me I think manipulating the truth in different situations to not offend or not upset, to avoid essentially the discomfort of conflict. So it was easier sometimes to tell a little lie than to risk not being liked, not being understood. It just didn't feel safe to make mistakes and secrecy and defensiveness felt more protective. So an example there, because that's a little bit... um, abstract isn't it but just an example that I you know things that come to mind when I think about this period of time are things like friends of mine wanting me to do things perhaps um, go out to a certain event or perhaps to stay over at their house and for me I was actually very much a homebody even then like I would get quite homesick um, and I I found it kind of yeah it was it was difficult for me at the time to to, um, spend the night at another friend's house, for example, which is something that we used to do all the time as sort of young teenage kind of years. Um, And so it became easier to tell a little lie like, 
some, you know, I'm already doing this thing or, oh, I think I've promised this to this person and they might be upset if I don't do that or, um, I don't know, we're doing this thing tomorrow and I'm going to have to go really early and so I can't, I can't come, you know, tell a, a, a little lie like that rather than just say, do you know what, I'd love to come but I don't think I'd like to stay over, I think I'll, I'll head home at this time or, you know, all sorts of different things I could have done instead um, and just been open about what I wanted or didn't want but that didn't, like I say, that just didn't feel accessible to me, that didn't feel safe and so I, I think I started to develop this habit of um, bending the truth if I needed to to make it more palatable to the other person but as you can imagine especially when you've grown up to know that lying, you know, lying is bad. <laughs> Most of us have learned that as we've grown up, isn't it? Lying is bad. Honesty is what's valued. The truth is what's valued. And so when you've grown up to value the truth and yet you're constantly engaging in this behavior where you're not entirely telling the truth or just bending the truth. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that these were horrible lies, like, but these were, these were just, yeah. Well, like in the examples that I've given, like little lies so that I could get out of doing the thing that perhaps I didn't feel comfortable doing or was scared to do or but without upsetting the other person and that was really stressful at the time I think in hindsight I just know that I was missing really important skills uh, tools understanding that I desperately needed like certain communication skills around conflict management especially uh, probably also just awareness and understanding of my feelings um, as well as tools to regulate my emotions my nervous system my self-worth was quite low my confidence was quite low and so people pleasing and perfectionism and overthinking were kind of the ad adaptations that I made the way that I managed life so I just slotted in I was one of these people who slotted in with other people so you know if you want to go and see a movie and I'm your friend then absolutely I'll come along you know I don't have an opinion on whether I want to see the movie I will just oblige and go along to the movie with you um if we're having dinner together you know you decide what you want to eat um I'll be fine I'll be easy and I actually remember um, this kind of carried on, I would say, absolutely into adulthood. And I remember actually when I met my husband that I used to be totally, he of course, in, as part of getting to know me and dating and everything, would want to know, you know, where do we want to, where do I want to go on the weekend or where, where should we go for a meal or... Um, I don't know what movie even to watch and I remember sitting in front of like Netflix or whatever you were watching um and him him kind of saying oh I'm, I'm getting dinner you have a look through the movies and to pick one to watch and me just feeling absolutely kind of paralyzed that I was being asked to make this choice I actually remember that for for several years I would always describe myself as a really indecisive person and I think that that was kind of two part on the one part I actually often didn't really know what I wanted or didn't want so therefore it's much easier to just describe rather than almost rather than getting in touch with that internal part of me that trying to get in touch with myself in touch with how I'm feeling in touch with what I actually want in touch with what I'm actually interested in it was easier to just put it down to being I'm really indecisive and making that a thing about me and just adopting that kind of personality <clears throat> 
And it's so interesting because I had actually forgotten that until I was just talking about it then. Um, and I just, it's, it's, that's not me now. I, I, of course I have preferences. Of course I know, you know, I know what movies I want, you know, of course, sometimes we, um, you know, we, we watch movies, don't we, with other people because they want to see them perhaps. But this was the, the kind of scenario where, you know, perhaps we've watched movies that my husband wants to watch and he, he wants to know now who I am. Well, obviously at the time he wasn't my husband, but he wanted to know, you know, what I want to watch. He wanted to know what I'm interested in. He wanted me to have a good time. And I almost was unable to, unable to do that for, I don't know, I suppose it was probably fear of not being accepted of, you know, perhaps him, I don't know not liking my movie choice or me suggesting to go somewhere on the weekend and him absolutely hating it or I don't know the traffic being bad and the drive being awful and there being nowhere nice to eat and I don't know all the terrible things that could happen and um not feeling that like that would be safe if that had been my suggestion that then it would be my fault that we weren't having a good day and um I don't know but the level of stress that I would feel at someone saying you make that decision is like unreal (laughs) really to me now but yeah so like I say I was that person that would slot in easily but also I was probably quite hard work to be around actually because you know sometimes it's nice isn't it to like of course I love being asked what I want to do and what I watch now because it's nice to decide these things together and do things that we all want to do as a family or you know but also it's nice sometimes if you want to do something nice for for the other person or or just simply it's actually quite hard work to always be the one making decisions isn't it so equally I was probably quite hard work to be around because whoever I was with <laughs> they would have to make all the decisions about what we eat where we eat what we do where we go um so yeah I think um that needing to be liked and accepted then also like I was saying came along with perfectionism and I think perfectionism has its positives because you know that's how I got through school I would say and university (laughs) did have side effects of that constant procrastination because that is something that often goes hand in hand with perfectionism because procrastination so often stems from fear in my case often the fear of not producing something good enough so uh, I don't know if I need to do an essay or something it was like I couldn't make myself start it um and then yeah, just that constant procrastination until eventually there's, you know, the deadline is looming so badly that now you just have to do it. And then, you know, it's as good as it's going to (laughs) get. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that approach did work and it was exhausting, I would say, but I somehow always made it on time in the end. And I, as I say, I got through school, I got through university. And then after that, when I started working, I think I was was you know good at my job but I would really not recommend having a job with significant responsibility whilst you're also struggling with people pleasing and overthinking I absolutely loved my work because I really cared about people and I cared about the work that I was doing but for that very same reason I would say that my general well-being just continued to go downhill really over time because that weight of responsibility just felt quite heavy because I was constantly you know having to have maybe difficult conversations that at the time I didn't really feel equipped enough to be having although this is something that I've only in hindsight become conscious of it's not something that you know I thought at the time at the time I just was doing the things doing what I needed to do but finding it stressful um 
But yeah, so in hindsight, I can see that really I was living in a lot of fear of getting things wrong, of someone making a complaint, of just generally not doing, not being enough. And then that's where we kind of get to the part of the story that I have shared about before, the part where I started to discover coaching tools, where I started working on these areas, started becoming more aware of these patterns and just building up my toolkit, so to speak, of ways to support myself and develop those skills that I mentioned I was missing. And that was before I became a mum. And then since I became a mum and realising really that one of the ways in which I really don't want my son to become like me is in that area. I really want him to be grounded in himself. I want him to have opinions. I want him to be free to make mistakes, to get things wrong, to fully feel that he will always be loved and accepted. So that is where my mission then really started to want to heal in those areas just because I could very much see how easily I could and I've, I've spoken about this in terms of you know why why I think healing is important as a parent and in, in those kind of areas but um yeah where I just realized how easy it would be for me to let those people pleasing parts of me take over and impact him as well so yeah, one of the changes I'm going to be making is that I'm going to be focusing a bit more narrowly on the topics of people pleasing, perfectionism and overthinking because whilst it is still a work in progress at times, recently there's just been a number of situations in my life and also working with clients where I've really realized that I've actually come a long way. And the difference it makes when you start to resolve some of these patterns and habits is just so astounding and that's what I want for you too. So I want to share more on this topic. And I just wanted to end on one final point that's been occurring to me recently, which is that I'm very aware of some of the privileges that I have as a result of my skin color, just the, you know, how and where I was brought up, socioeconomic factors, all these different things. And it's just been occurring to me recently that when you have these people pleasing patterns, not only is it, of course, really difficult to stand up for things, you know, that you need, that you want, that... But it's also things that are important to you around other people that you might want to stand up for. You know, perhaps other people who don't have the same privileges that you have because perhaps they're gay or they're um, black or they're, they have perhaps a disability or whatever it is. And the more that we work on these patterns and um, the more we also are then able to use our voice for good in other ways that can also benefit other people and I think that is a really powerful thing um and something that I want to call myself out more for and incorporate more into my work myself so yeah that's just a bit more about my story and if this episode has in any way resonated with you then please please of course subscribe to the podcast but also do come and join me on instagram at helen.briar which is b-r-y-e-r because that's another place that i'm going to be really digging into this topic i hope that's given you some food for thought thank you for listening and i'll speak to you soon so much for listening today I really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it would be amazing if you could rate review and subscribe to the podcast to help others find it and make sure that you don't miss any of the new episodes being added each week hope to see you back for the next one